Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, today is a good day. Amen, amen, amen. Now look at the other neighbor and say, do you believe that? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. As we look upon this scripture here, we find something that I believe is one of the most vital things for us as the church. And as I was meditating over this message, I was thinking about a marriage ceremony and I thought about what the most important portion of the actual wedding ceremony is. The most important moment in the marriage ceremony is the exchanging of vows. That's the most important moment of the wedding ceremony is the exchanging of vows. Everything else is, you know, symbolic and it's beautiful, but it's when you're exchanging those vows that something happens there because what happens is you are communicating to your spouse-to-be, because you're not married yet, you're communicating what you are going to do. You're communicating what you are committed to in this marriage, and, and your spouse-to-be communicates the same thing to you. I was watching this, the movie Amelia, and they showed the portion of her wedding ceremony. And during her wedding ceremony, and I don't know if this necessarily happened for real, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, some women may have felt the way that they expressed her feelings at that moment. And, you know, she comes out and when the, you know, the, the, the minister is saying, you know, I will promise to obey you. And then she stopped the minister like in his tracks like, hold on a second, you know, I'm not going to obey him, you know. And so she went on ahead and made clear what she was going to do and was not going to do. Hello, somebody. All right. Now, listen. It's important she communicated what was in her heart. She communicated what was there. She communicated what she was going to do and what she wasn't going to do. She wasn't, she wasn't going to love him unconditionally either. She made that clear. She said, if he's worthy of love, I'm going to love him. Hello, somebody. Mm. That's not what the scriptures say, but anyway, you know, well, you, know, you know how that goes. But the most important part for us are the vows that we take. Why is this so important? Because those vows are more binding than the marriage license before God. God is listening to what you're communicating. He's not so much going to remind you, well, what did you sign? He's going to remind you, what did you say? He's, he, he's not so much going to remind you, hey, you know, you have the seal of the state, and so you've got to be faithful to this marriage. That's, that, that's, that, that, that's not what he's worried about. When Jesus communicates about marriage, he communicates clearly. He says, listen, he says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. The Bible is crystal clear on God's position on marriage, and the most important thing in the marriage are those vows that are coming out of our mouth to our, to our spouse-to-be because they're binding. They should be binding in our heart. They should be binding in their heart, and they should be of the utmost importance. We should consider. I love when I do marriage ceremonies when couples decide to write their own vows. I love it because you know what? If you're sitting down to write your own vows, I would hope that you are taking time to think about it, not just trying to find something that rhymes and sounds cute. I know that when my wife and I, we got married, we did our own wedding vows. We sat down, we wrote them, and, you know, praise the living God. You know, as I was writing those marriage ceremonies, I was writing them from the depth of my heart. And I remember, you know, I have it on video, for it's recorded there, glory to God, in history, hallelujah. And, 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 and my wife began to cry as I was sharing these vows to her. Why? Because she could sense my heart, and she was, you know, excited about the fact that she was going to be able to marry me. Hallelujah, glory to God. She was like, I did all this. Praise the Lord. You know, but, 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 but the reality is, hallelujah. <laughs> but listen, the truth of the matter is, she wrote vows, and those vows meant that I didn't cry, you know, but I mean, I, I was touched by them, and I, and, I, and I know that she was speaking and communicating from her heart. And that is why those are the most important things. It is because of what is said. The words that we communicate are what are important. It's important for us to realize that because everything that we know, everything that we see in the natural word, in, in, in the natural world began with what? A word. That's what it began with. 
It didn't only start with a word, but it is sustained and it is maintained by the word of God. And everything in this earth will culminate or complete or end or come to a finish the exact way that the word of God declares. You want to know what's going to happen in the future? Read the Bible. You want to know what's going to happen? Look, the scriptures are crystal clear, church. I want you to realize this. Your Bible has all kind of prophecies up inside of it, okay? It, it, it is like one-third prophecy, okay? And you want to know what has happened? This is awesome. Now, this is a good fact for you who, you know, are defending the word of God out there. So your Bible is one-third prophecy, right? Well, you know what? Two-thirds of that one-third have already come to pass exactly as the prophet said that it would years and years ago. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the remaining one-third is going to happen the exact same way. If God was able to do it in one-third and two-third, well, you know what? That other one-third that's left and we're waiting on, it's going to happen just like that. So it's important for us to make sure that we realize that everything that we say is important. Everything that we communicate is important. And for Christians, for children of God, there are some things, and I believe that we need to ask ourselves questions sometimes. And I, you know, I'm a firm believer that we should talk to ourselves. I don't mean crazy like, hello, somebody. Don't, don't go arguing with yourself. Then you're getting, you know, going off the deep end there. But you should communicate with yourself. You should remind yourself of what the Word of God says. You should, you know, re 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 reiterate and repeat what the Word of God is communicating. But we we should ask ourselves some questions and you know we should ask ourselves questions like you know how much time do I spend reading my Bible that's a very important question wouldn't you say amen we should ask ourselves, how much time do I spend in prayer? I think that's another very important question. How much time am I spending seeking the face of God? We should ask ourselves, how much time am I spending serving God? How much time am I devoting to the service of the Lord? Be it in evangelism, be it in ministry and church. How much time am I spending doing those things? Those questions are all vitally important, but none of them are the most important question. The most important question for any child of God to ask themselves is this. It is, how am I responding to the word of God how am I responding to the word of God if you call yourself a Christian that is the most important question if you're not a Christian it's important how you respond to the word of God as well if you don't know Jesus it's important because if you reject his word then you will reject you will be rejected when you enter into eternity and there's no question about that and we don't want to see that for anybody amen God Almighty doesn't want to see that for anybody, but the reality is that we need to ask ourselves that question, how am I responding to the Word of God? On, this, on the pulpit here, you'll see something. It says, truth requires a response. And the reason why that's there is because when we were in the school, I remember preaching a message, and as I was preaching, I was probably speaking along the lines of this scripture here, probably from the same text, and as I was sharing the word of God, it came into my spirit that the truth of God requires a response from us, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to put the church's name on the pulpit, I'm going to put that statement, because everybody who's looking at the word of God be preached week after week, they need to be constantly reminded, this is not a message for you to say, okay, check, I heard the message for the week, now I go on my, go on my life, no, 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 but you need to be looking at at the word of God as something that you need to be living amen something that you need to be responding to and so it's important for us to respond to the word of God I've entitled this message repeat after me repeat after me because when we look at the marriage ceremony picture the minister says repeat after me with hopes that you will not just say these words but that you will live these words and it is the same thing with your God. Your God wants you and I to be a repetition of what he is speaking. He wants our lives to repeat, to continuously speak and continuously say that I am a representative who has heard the word of God, who is living for the king of kings, and who is doing what the word of God says. I am a person who is responding to the word of God. 
The reason why this message becomes so vitally important, church, is because I want you to sit back for a moment, you know, and just before we go into idle mode, you know, because I know sometimes we just sit there and, you know, we get idle and we hear, okay, I want to hear how this is going to apply to me. I want you to pause for a moment, and I really want you to consider something. We've been in the in, in, the, in this year 2010 here for about, you know, four months now, so we're, we're, we're in this. How many messages have you heard? You've heard a few messages since the beginning of this year. If you've been in this church from the beginning, since the beginning of this church, you've heard a whole lot of messages. Hello, somebody. And so my question for you is, what are you doing with the word of God that you are hearing? My question for you is, are you living the word of God? Are you living what the word of God says? Are you taking home something every single time that you sit down in this church, something saying, I've got to take this home and I've got to apply this to my life? Do we do that? Because if we're not doing that, I am wasting my time preaching the word of God. Every teacher in the church is wasting their time teaching the word of God. Everybody who comes and ministers any kind of word, if you are not an active listener to what the word of God is speaking, it is a waste of time for you to be sitting here and for us to be standing here and so I really want you to challenge yourself this morning and really consider what are you doing with the Word of God what are you doing with the Word of God that is being preached to your life what are you doing with the Word of God that you're reading or you should be reading on a daily basis what are you doing with this word because church if we are not doing nothing with this word the scriptures teach us or if we are not doing anything with this word I'm sorry there if we're not doing anything with this word then there is a problem we have issues hello and the number one issue is that we are deceiving ourselves because we feel like it's okay. You know what? I listen to the word. I'm good. No, you're not good. That's part of it. That's, that, 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 that's one third of the equation because we've got to listen to the word right. We've got to have the right heart in receiving the word. We've got to live the word and we've got to share the word. Hello. So we have a responsibility that James is communicating that we should be doing. And so the first thing I want to share or I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Any true investor expects a return on their investment. Anyone who's going to make an investment, anybody who's going to put money into a company, anybody who's going to put money into a stock or whatever, 401k, whatever it is, that person is expecting a return. They're not just, they're not just desiring to just throw their money away. That, that's just not going to happen. Any person who invests their time and their efforts into something is a person who is, who is definitely desiring to see some sort of return on their efforts. It's somebody who is investing their time, they're investing their talent, they're investing their treasure in what? In something that they are expecting a return turn from something they're expecting to see some kind of return coming to their life and God Almighty is no different amen somebody God Almighty expects a return on his investment and week after week if you're reading your Bible daily day after day you know what he's doing he is investing his word into your life and he's saying come on church I want to see my return I want to see my return. I want to see what I'm putting inside of you because I'm putting life inside of you. Am I getting life out of you? I'm putting hope inside of you. Am I getting hope out of you? I'm putting joy inside of you. Am I getting joy out of you? I'm putting peace inside of you. Am I getting peace out of you? See, your God is looking to see what are we doing, church, with the word of God? What are we doing with the scriptures that God is speaking to our lives? What are we doing with the word? This is what James's heart was to the church that he was preaching to to the brethren that were scattered abroad, to the Jewish brothers, the brothers that were really supposed to be hardcore and devoted, the ones who knew the Messiah, but also they were the ones who, were grow, who grew up and they knew how strict and how they needed to follow the laws of God. And he was saying to them, listen, you're going through trials, you're going through hardship, you're going through difficulty, you know what, you need to count it all joy. 
And he comes to this point and he says, look, you're going through all of this stuff. He said, don't, you know, be, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Because the anger or the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. How does that apply there? Where, where, where does that jump into the scriptures? See, what he was saying is he's saying, listen, you're hearing the message being preached about this Redeemer, about this Messiah, about this kingdom to come. You're hearing all of these promises that are being spoken to you, and yet you're going through all kind of trials. You're going through all kind of difficulty. You're not seeing things turn around the way that you're expecting them to. And, and, and James is saying to them, listen, don't, let your, don't, don't be quick to speak and jump out and say, oh, well, God is not there. Hello? Don't be quick to speak that God is not hearing my prayers. Don't be quick to speak, well, you know, I don't think that God is for me. No, 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 don't be quick to do that. Be quick to listen. Be quick to hear what God is speaking, and that way you're not jumping out there crazy. And you know what he says? And don't be, be slow to wrath. Be slow to get angry and upset, getting offended with God in the midst of difficult situations. Because isn't that what we all do, church? Isn't that what we all do? We go through a difficult situation. We may start off well and everything is good and we understand that this is a season. This is a process. This is something we're going through. And then all of a sudden, what do we do? We find ourselves in a situation that becomes overwhelming. And then what do we do? Are we quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and allowing God to produce his righteousness in us? Or are we immediately jumping to, man, blaming God, getting upset, you know, yelling at whoever messed you up, whatever the case was, finding someone to blame? Because that's the next thing we do. Hello, somebody. After we see we can blame God all day long and he continues to be the same, he continues to remain the same, then we got to find other folks, see if someone else is going to respond to our blaming. Hello. Mm-hmm. This is real life, church, and they were going through real life in this situation here. They were going through real life during this time, and the apostle James goes and he communicates to them and says, listen, guys, he's saying, you got to count this all joy. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to experience some difficulty. And he's telling them, listen, you need to have the right heart in hearing the word of God because the next portion of the scripture leads us to where? It goes from there. Look at verse 19 with me here. Look at verse 19. It says in, in verse 19, it says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. If you are not hearing the word with the right heart, you're not going to see the righteousness of God coming out of it. Bottom line. If you're not hearing the word of God the way that it should be being heard with a heart, that is the next verse, and we'll get to that. If you're not hearing the word of God the way it's supposed to be, you're not going to see the righteousness of God manifesting in your life. You're not going to see the blessing of God manifesting in your life the way that he desires it to. And I want you to realize something, that in the midst of this, I'll say it now, and I'm probably going to reiterate it later, but in the midst of their trial, in the midst of their situation, they were still able to be blessed. Hello, somebody. Because we feel like we got to be going, everything has got to be perfect in order for us to be blessed. That is not true. The devil is a liar. Amen? We've got to be able to know how to be blessed. We need to know how to be blessed in the midst of whatever we are going through and walk in that blessing. And you know what? Realize that God is in control and he's going to get us to where he wants to get us. And where is that? To become more like his son. Glory to God. That's the goal, church, that we should be striving for. In this particular portion of scripture, we're moving on to verse 21. The apostle James, he communicates here. He says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And so we see that in the book of, in the book of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus begins to communicate a parable. And it's the parable about the soils and a, and a parable about the sower. And when he communicates this, you know, he talks about this seed that was sown and the seed was sown out there and it falls on these different soils. And then when his disciples ask him, what did you mean? What does Jesus communicate? Jesus says that the seed is the word of God. 
That's what the seed is. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the truth of God that was sown into the lives of people. And there was some that it fell on the hard ground. The birds came and ate it up. There was some that fell in the shallow ground. They were emotional. They received it. Yes, this is exactly what I need. But there was no depth in their life. And so they weren't able to bear the fruit. And then there were the other ones who they were too preoccupied with the cares of this world. There was some depth in them. The seed got down into their heart. They knew they needed God, but as the word began to grow up in their lives, the, the cares of this world began to choke up the life. But was there a problem with the seed or a problem with the soil? There was no problem with the seed. The same seed was sown everywhere. The same seed that has power to save in every single life was sown. The same seed that has power to bring blessing was sown into every... Every single life experienced the same seed, but because of the condition of their hearts, what happened? The seed was not able to bring life. The seed was not able to give life. And so you need to ask yourself a question because I want to let you know something. None of those three land areas are representative of Christians. Hello. In other words, the, 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 the hard ground where the seed was stolen away, that's a person who's not going to heaven. Hello. And so if you ain't going to heaven, where are you going? Thank you. I appreciate that, Pastor Chad. Helping me out. Glory to God. So the next person the seed goes in there may look like a christian may sound like a christian for a little while but what happens that seed is scorched by the sun are you a christian are you serving that god but look your god ain't taking care of you you ever heard that where's your god uh-huh it don't have to be somebody else it could be just that other voice that you don't even know where it's coming from but it just comes hello when you're all by yourself, ain't nobody around you. It ain't like someone's coming to tell you. It's just in your heart. It's just there. It's just coming out. And what happens? It chokes out the life, church. Burns it, consumes it. And the other one, seed falls down. By the way, that person was not going to heaven. They were going to. Okay? Appreciate that. I got a couple more witnesses. Glory to God. Maybe on the third one, we get the whole church together in unison. I want to set you up. It's going to come. Glory to God. You'll see that again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. You got ready for that. The third one, they know they need God. They're crystal clear. They know that they are on their way to hell. They know that they need God in their life. They know that they need, but you know what? The cares of this world are right there when the word of God is being sown into them. And what happens? Word starts growing up. This one really looks like a Christian. This one actually learned some scriptures. Hello, somebody. This one started coming to mentoring program, coming to Wednesday night, everything, prayer meeting, everywhere, just all up in the, in the house of the Lord. Hello. You see, you, see, you, you see some real potential in this person. And then what happens? The cares of this world begin to choke up the word. Hello? It happens, church. You know what the beauty is? This is the beauty. Even though that person in that state is not going to heaven, but they are going to. There you go. Y'all got it. Glory to God. <laughs> there is still a truth that is there. And you know what it is? It is that God offers us repentance. God offers us. God offers us. And you know what? People say God is a God of a second chance. Listen, I don't know about all that, but I know this much. I know that God gives you as many chances as you need all the way up until the day you breathe your last breath. Did you hear what I just said? Did, 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 I, I, I don't understand. I, I'm, let me just say this. I just, I just said that, and it just kind of makes me sick because I'm like, why is he so nice? But the fact of the matter is, that's how God is. It's not me. If it was me, I'd be like, ch chance number two, you're done. See you. 
All right, I, I, done, I done showed you my love. I, done, I expressed to you how much I care. But you know what? He's not like me. Praise the Lord. Amen, somebody. Amen. And so because he's not like me, he gives you your lifetime to get it right. Did you hear that? Your lifetime to get it right. Here's the problem with that statement. Because, see, you get comfortable. Oh, I got my lifetime. Hold on a second. Tomorrow's not promised to you. So your lifetime can be done by the time I'm done with this message. So I pray that you got it right before this message is over. Amen, somebody. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed to anybody. Tomorrow is not again. Oh, I got my lifetime. Your lifetime might be done tomorrow. We don't know. I was talking to Pastor Dan Holland. He said there was a woman. Listen to this testimony. Awesome. Woman of God. Devoted to missions work. I mean, seriously. I mean, she was like her and her husband, leader of the missions, um, you know, um, 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 ministry in the church that they were going to. They were part. I mean, they were they were they were submerged in ministry. God fearing woman, pregnant with a child. Marriage is good. Serving God with all of her heart. She wakes up one morning. When she wakes up in this morning, guess what happens? She has this headache. She doesn't know what it is, you know, and you, you women who have been pregnant, you know what it's like. You get these crazy headaches when you're pregnant, and you can't take nothing for it because you don't want your baby to be deformed or anything like that. You don't want to chance anything, right? So this woman of God does what? She goes to the hospital. She goes to the hospital. The doctor's taking care of her. Everything seems like it's going to be okay. She woke up just another day, and guess what happened? She died that day. Gave birth to the baby. The baby's fine. She's gone. What does she do to deserve that? nothing death is an appointed time the problem is we don't know when it is because if we did you know what we would be doing we would live crazy until the moment before it's time to go and then we would say father forgive us for we knew what we were doing but we know you're uh-huh yeah right listen church i don't say that because i'm trying to scare you into accepting jesus christ or anything like that no I say that because it is a reality. The reality is that our God is merciful. His mercy endures forever is what the scriptures say. His mercies are new every day. Not some days, not every other day. Every day his mercy is new in our life. I love the way Sister Lizelle used to say it. She's like, I know that I'll be wearing my mercy out every day. Hello, somebody. And so the truth of the matter is that God's mercy is new every day because what? Because we need new mercy because as righteous as we may think we are. Hello. As, 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 as much as we think we don't sin, trust me, we are offending him all over the place, and we may not even realize it. Hello. And so we need mercy every day. But the truth of the matter is, is that God is calling his church to an account. What are we doing with his word? What are we doing with his word? What are we doing with the word of God that we're hearing? What are we doing with the word of God that is being preached to us? Because Jesus gives this parable and he communicates. He says, listen, I'm sowing this seed. And so he compares the word of God to what? He compares the word of God to the seed. And what does James do? James goes on ahead and he communicates here in verse 21. He says, receive with meekness the implanted word. And so what is he saying? Again, he's using this seed form. He's saying implanted. He's saying something that has been implanted, something that has been inborn, something that has been implanted by nature, or something that has been implanted by instruction. 
Something that you have received through instruction. Something that you have received through the divine revelation of God through his word and through his servants into your life. He says, receive that implanted word, which is able to do what? It is able to save your soul. It is able to give you life. It is able to bring liberty. This is what Jesus is, I mean, what James is communicating. He's saying, listen, don't, don't, don't let other things consume your mind and consume your heart when you are coming before the word of God. He's saying, Come before the word of God with the right heart. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Don't let wrath enter your heart about your situation or your circumstance. Don't let sin and filthiness overwhelm you. Repent of your sin. Come before God and say, God, have your way within my heart. Do something inside of me. Let me hear your word, not with my ears, not with my mind, but with my spirit so that way I can be changed. This is what he's communicating. He's saying this word is the implanted word, and it is able to change. It is able to save. It is able to deliver your soul. When you look up that word change, church, understand this. God has given us his word with the intent that we would hear it, that we would hear the word of God. How do we hear the word of God? Through our personal study, through our personal meditation, through the preaching and the teaching of the word. And it is for our benefit. It is not because he wants to build up some leader. It is not because he wants to do anything else except benefit the hearer he wants to benefit those who are hearing the word of God and what is the benefit he's able to save your soul he's able to deliver your mind he is able to bring healing to you from every aspect of your life he is able to bring wholeness and he's saying listen if you receive this word it's able to rescue you from the plans of the enemy are you hearing me church it is able to deliver you from the lies he's talking about your soul he said he's able to deliver your mind from those thoughts that do not bring glory to God from those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God the word of God the implanted word the word that is bringing instruction into your life that word is able to deliver your mind from thoughts that don't bring glory from thoughts that will turn you away from God that word is able to deal with your heart your emotions that word is able to deal with you when you have feelings that do not bring glory that do not bring you closer to God you know what is able to happen that word is able to deliver your soul that word is able to deliver your soul the word of God is living and active church Pastor Robert prayed it this morning. He said, let the word of God cut to the marrow, to the bone, to the soul, dividing soul and spirit, helping us realize this is the spirit of God. This is our soul. This is our emotion. That's what your soul is. You know, you've been through the mentoring program, most of you, and some of you may know this, but your body, soul, and spirit, your body is world conscious. Your spirit is God or spirit realm conscious. And what is your soul conscious? Your soul is conscious of yourself. Your soul is conscious of your feelings and who you are. And so he's saying he is able the word of God is able to deliver your soul from all of those things that are going to take you away from your walk with him those things that are going to hinder you in your walk with him his word he didn't say the singing I love to sing glory to God hallelujah I love to worship I love to get into the presence of God I, I, I love all of those things but he didn't say that he said the implanted word church but you know what? The word of God cannot take root in your life if your heart is not right. The word of God cannot take root in your life and do what it's supposed to do if your mind is not right. 
If you are not in alignment with him and open to him, then you know what? You're not, you're not going to see the fruit in your life. That's the reason we have to ask ourselves those questions, church. What are we doing with the word of God that has been spoken? This goes for the young people as well because you know what? Let me tell you something. If there's one thing that I know, Pastor Chad gets in, gets in my office and he shows me. I'm going to let you know. This is, look, 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 right here. You see this right here? Two pages. These are my notes, okay? That's my notes for the preaching. That's what I have in front of me. Pastor Chad has like 10 pages of notes, glory to God, when he is going to preach. You know what that tells me? That tells me that he takes a whole lot of time to study and research and everything and all of that good stuff. And so he's coming with, with, with all, I mean, highlighted all over the place. I'm like, and it ain't like it's big writing. That was big writing. He's got like the little like 10, you know, point writing. And I'm like, how do you even read that stuff? I'd be like hurt trying to read that. But the fact of the matter is he's preaching the word of God from the depth of his heart. He's preaching and teaching. You know what that means? That means that young people, you need to be responsible with the word of God that's being preached to you. Hello? So the question is, what are we doing with this word that is coming forward? What is the ultimate purpose of God? What is the ultimate purpose of God in our lives? I, I, I want to help you to understand all of these things. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? What is your purpose? Turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. I'm going to show you what your purpose, my purpose. We all have a unified purpose. Amen? And I want to show you this because it's important for us to grasp this reality. The book of Romans chapter 8, and we all know these scriptures. I just want to take you there. I'll make you turn your pages in your Bible, glory to God. The book of Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. When you got to say so. And look what verse 28 says in Romans chapter 8. It says, and we know, this is something that we know, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Isn't that an awesome scripture? Is that, is that not an awesome scripture? All things work together for good. All things. There's no bad thing. All things work together for good. There's tough situations. There are difficult things. There's things that we don't understand. But if we are called, amen, according to his purpose, not our purpose, his purpose, if we love him, all things are going to work together for our good, right? That's what the scripture says, right? But what is he trying to work for our good? Let, let, let's continue on reading because that's the problem. We get stuck on the promise there, not, reali not realizing what is all good about this. Hello. Look at verse 29. He says, <clears throat> For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You see that? All things work together for this good, that you and I can look like Jesus. All things, church, work together for this purpose. One purpose, it is to make you look like Christ. Can I tell you something? The more you look like Christ, the less life will hurt. The more you and I look like the Son of God, the less painful rejection becomes. The more that we look like the sun, when you're lonely, it ain't so lonely. Because you're hooked up with who? The father. Because you're becoming more like the sun. Understand this. We know all things work together for good 
for them that love the Lord. But if you don't love him, it ain't all good. If you don't love him, it ain't all good. And you know when your love is tested? When things get difficult. When things become overwhelming, that is when the test of our love toward him comes into play. And then it ain't all good. We can't declare that with faith. Church, this is his purpose in us. Because he knows that if we become like his son, there's a whole lot less stuff that we will be experiencing that will be detrimental to us. Hello. But sometimes we got to go through stuff in order to get where? To get to this likeness. We don't want that. Turn back to the book of James with me, please. That's the purpose, church. <clears throat> the purpose. The book of James, and we're going to continue on looking at what the scriptures say. The first thing is that any true investor expects a return on their investment. And so God Almighty is investing his word into our lives. He's investing his word. He, people, he, he motivated men to sacrifice and give of their lives in order to write these scriptures. He motivated them to do that so that way you and I could have the word of God to hear. So that way we could be those who benefit from hearing the word of God. And so he continues on to communicate in verse 22. And look at this with me, please. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Repeat this after me. Active hearing, Active hearing. of the word of God, word of God. Does, does not happen by chance. For us to actively hear the word of God, there has to be intention on our part. At least 15 times in the New Testament, Jesus uses the phrase, he who has ears, let him hear. This should indicate something to us, and it is that there must be some people who do not have the ability to hear. The question is, why can't some people hear? If Jesus is communicating, I mean, I mean just think about this. If I'm standing up in here, and, and, I, know, and, and I know that there's a, there, there, there's a phrase that there's some people that don't like it when I use, and I don't mean to offend you, it's just, you know, I get excited and, you know, at that moment. When I say, y'all ain't hearing me, hello. I know some of you get offended, but, you know, I, 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 I apologize. I don't mean to offend you, all right? But the, the fact of the matter is sometimes I'm just like, what's up, y'all? Y'all awake? Glory to God. Anyway. Because I'm like, if I would have heard that, I would have jumped, but y'all, anyway, anyway, okay. <laughs> So, Jesus is, is, is speaking. We got to take this into account for a moment. He's speaking this parable, Son of God, authority, all, all authority in heaven. I mean, this is powerful. And as he's speaking the word, he, he, at the end of this, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, there's some folks that are here, they ain't going to hear. There's some folks that are in this place, they're not going to hear. Listen, this is as sad as it is. Everything that I said, let me tell you something. If I didn't know Jesus and I was sitting in this place and I would have heard half of what I heard right now, I would be crying. I would be like, Lord, I need you in my life. No question about it. Sadly, there's people that hear stuff like this and they don't even care. They're like, oh, whatever. I'm going home. Good. I'm good with it. Okay. The fact of the matter, church, is that there are some people that are going to sit in here and they're not going to hear what God is trying to say to them. They're not going to take to heart. They're not, they're not going to understand that they are not okay where they're at. They're not going to understand that it is not enough just to hear what the Bible is saying, but you have to live this thing. 
You have to become what the word of God is. You cannot just continue to do what you want to do. It's just not that way. So Jesus communicates and he says to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In the book of Revelation, he adds, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Some people are deaf to the spirit. Some people, like I said last week, they're tuned into the natural realm, but they're not tuned into the spirit realm. They're tuned into everything that's going on down here. They can tell you everything that's going on in politics. They can tell you everything that's going on in their workplace. They can tell you everything that's going on in the economy. They know how to read the NASDAQ and this, that, and all that other stuff. They got it all down. They, I mean, they, they, they are just bad to the bone when it comes to that. But ask them about spiritual truth, and they are lost, they are bankrupt, they are empty, and they are deaf to what God is saying to the church. And let me tell you something. All of that reading, all of that stuff that you know is going to do you no good in the presence of God. When you come before him, you better know him. You better have heard his voice and responded, because if you didn't, look, all of that stuff is going to burn right there, and you're going to be follow it burning, because church, this reality is we've got to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, and we've got to wake up and stop thinking that we've heard it all already, because we haven't heard it all already. We we need to hear more. We need to grow in this. We need to come to the place that God has called us to. That is where we are, are, are being called to by God. It's to come to that next dimension. But there's issues. And the issue is, why is it that some people hear and others don't? And I'm going to tell you why. The book of Hebrews chapter 5, it tells us that some people have grown dull in their hearing. And he's talking to the church. And he says, some folks... He says, you know what? He said, he said, I have much more. Did this is what he said? And I'm going to tell you where the scripture is. I'm not going to have you turn there right now. Write it down, please, so you can go home and look it up and make sure that I'm giving you the right stuff. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. The apostle or whoever wrote this book, he communicates, and he's talking about Melchizedek. And he says, I have much more to say to you about him, which are difficult to say. And he said, and it is because you have become dull of hearing. He says, by now, you ought to be teachers, but you still need baby food. This is what he said. You know what he's saying? He's saying, look, I, this is what he's talking about. He's saying, he's saying, I want to take you to another level. I want to deposit some great stuff into your spirit, but you're deaf. You can't hear what is being said because you're too preoccupied. You're not there. You think you're all that, but you're not. This is what the apostle, he's saying you have grown dull of hearing. What does it mean to be dull of hearing? Well, the word has, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-part word. And what it has is it has, it, it has the first word is the word no. The second part of the word means push. So he's saying there's no push in your hearing. There's no motivation in your hearing. There's nothing that is moving you to say, I need to step up. There's nothing that is moving you to say, I need to grow in this grace. There's nothing that is moving you to say that I need to get out of where I am and move into where God wants. That's what he's saying. You've grown dull of hearing. There's nothing pushing you. There's nothing motivating you. You want to know why people become dull of hearing, church? They become dull of hearing because of the next scripture. Write it down, the book of, the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 18. It's because of what Jesus says. Jesus is communicating and he's talking about, he says, you know, no one lights a lamp and puts it under this lampstand, um, you know, or, and pu puts it under a basket. He's saying, look, nobody does that. He said, everything that's in the dark is going to come to the light. Everything that's hidden is going to be exposed. And he says, take heed how you listen. Take heed how, not, 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 listen, li li listen to what he says. Take heed how you listen, not to what you're listening to. Take heed to how you listen. Now, 
Let me balance that out because you, you shouldn't be just listening to anything. But the point of the matter is, it is not just about what you're listening to. It is about how you're listening. Because if you're listening correctly, no matter what you're listening to, when you're hearing something that's wrong, guess what happens? All of a sudden, your spirit is like, nope, that's not God. And you can walk because you know what? Well, your God is almighty. And you can hear something that ain't right and not be afraid. Oh, my goodness. It ain't. And hold on a second. The devil is a liar. We have got to be people that are mature. That's the whole purpose of the fivefold ministry. That's the whole purpose of the preaching, teaching, and all that the word of God that comes forward is for what? It's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry for the edification of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man and to the stature of Christ Jesus that we will no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine but that we will be rooted in the word of God. That is the whole purpose of it. It's so that way you don't have to be afraid. Oh my goodness, that's false doctrine. No, that's false doctrine you walk away from. That's what I do. That's what you should do. Hello, somebody. And so this is, what, this is what's supposed to happen in us. We're supposed to be growing in this grace. We're supposed to be growing in this stuff. But you know what happens? We, 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 don't, we don't think about how we're listening. Again, who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to the people who are listening there. He's speaking to them, and he's saying, take heed how you listen. Take heed how you hear. He said, because he who has will be given more. He who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Hold on a second. What does that mean? What that means is if you have the right heart and the right disposition to hear what God is saying, and let me tell you what the, what the proof is. It's not the amens you say or the amens you don't say. That doesn't make you a listener or not. Mm -mm. It isn't your mental assent to what is being communicated. That's not it. We appreciate that. Glory to God. Thank you that you're listening. I, I appreciate that. But that is not what proves if you have the right heart. It is what you do when you walk away from what you heard. Can I tell you how good my messages are? My messages are only as good as your living. Did you hear what I said? My messages are only as good as your living. If you're not living this, my messages are garbage. They mean nothing. That's as good as the messages. That was a praise God. But did you, did you embrace what God was saying and run with it? Did you embrace what God was saying? That was part of Pastor Robert's prayer this morning as well. That we would take the word and run with it. Listen, I don't even want you to run. Can you walk with it? You know, because some folks, you know, what happens to us is some of us are like that wide receiver that was wide open, hands on the ball, but he turned his face and he ran and dropped the ball. That's how some Christians are. They run him before they even caught it. Church, we need to get in our spirit. We need to hear what the spirit is saying to us. We need to grasp what is being said because he said he who has more will be given. So what happens? You have the right heart. You're hearing the word of God. And you're running with this word. You're walking with this word. Living this word out the way you're supposed to. And you know what happens? God gives you more capacity for what? More revelation because he knows you're going to apply it. But the other person who doesn't have, who is that? That's the person that sits down, hears the word, sits down, reads the word, says that was good, gets up, lives the same life. And you know what he says? Even what he has will be taken away. And you wonder why you be in church for so long and you don't see the fulfillment of things. You wonder why you be, you're living your life and you don't see God completing what he started. You're wondering what's going on. It's because you're not listening with the right heart. You're not listening to live. You're listening to check your list. I listened. Church, that is not enough. I heard the message. Check. Not enough. It is not going to get us 
The church, it is not going to get you, the individual. It is not going to get you, the family, to where God wants you to be. If, you're, if, if we preach and teach and counsel until we're blue in the face and you're not applying it. And oh yeah, we can pray more. We can fast more. We can dig deeper. We can spend more hours in preparation. That's not going to make the message any better for you. Hear me. You can come with the right heart and hear a little kid share a word and be stirred and transformed by it. But the wrong heart, you're not hearing what God is saying. You're critical, judgmental. I got to go. It's too long. Praise the Lord. That's why I'm going to preach for two hours today. Glory to God. I got six points today. Praise the Lord. Make sure you hear and wake up. Glory to God. Listen, listen. Actively hearing the word of God. How, 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 how do we do that? How do we do it? Well, the way that we actively hear the word of God, it requires something. The first thing is it requires a rightly developed attitude towards the word of God. Got to have the right attitude towards the word of God. That, that's the first thing that's the most important thing. In order for you to be a person that is going to be able to hear what the spirit is saying and live it. Then you got to be in a place that they're rightly dividing the word of truth. And I can guarantee you that we do our very best to make sure that we rightly divide the scriptures. That we present you the scriptures in an unadulterated manner, not for our gain, but for your gain. Hello. That's what you, so you know, you're in the right place. I can promise you that. We're not perfect at all. But I can let you know that you're in a place that the word of God is being instructed, that you are hearing the truth of God's word. We're not over here playing games. And so the reality is the question that we've got to ask ourselves is, is my heart right? Is my heart right? Is my heart right before God and listening to his word? Listen, we've got to be those people, church that are hearing what the word of God is saying. We go on to reading the scriptures here, and I'm getting to my third point. He says in verse 23, he said, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. It's amazing because he uses the word man here. He used the word man. He said it's like a man. He didn't say a woman looking in the mirror. There's a reason for this, y'all. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Women and men look in the mirror a totally different way. Hello. All right? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to help you out here. They, you, I, I mean, the truth is, I mean, men know this already, but, you know, I'm just going to give you some, you know, revelation if you didn't know. But women look different. They, they look, I mean, they're, they're serious. I mean, they're, they're all up into, you know, we go by, look, okay, it's fine, let's go. We, we out. Forget it. We forget all that stuff. Right? Women, it's different. I mean, they, 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 every accessory is right. Glory to God. Everything is, is the way that it needs to be. They look, in, they, they look they, they, that, that's what they do. That's why he used a man, not a woman. Hello, somebody. And imagine how much longer the women were looking in mirrors back then because the mirrors back then, they weren't like the mirrors we got today. Those mirrors were dim mirrors back then. Those mirrors weren't like full-length body mirrors and stuff like that. They were like stuff that was like, you know, um, it was gold or, or something that was, that, that was shined up and polished real well, something silver. like, And that's what they were looking at. So imagine how much they really got, got to get the details. Glory to God. Hello. So he communicates. He says, this is the way. And I don't want to offend. I hope I didn't offend, offend anybody by that. Glory to God. I appreciate the women taking time to look good. Hallelujah. Amen, somebody. I know your husbands appreciate it even more. But anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Here's, here is the reality. The reality is, he says, a person who is hearing the word but not doing the word is like someone who looks into a mirror, spiritually, man or woman, doesn't matter, looks into the mirror, all right, and walks away, forgets what was there, goes out doing their own thing. The third thing I need you to repeat after me. 
Living the word of God is the key to true blessing. If we're not living the word of God, we're not going to walk in the blessing that God wants us to walk into. And so we can be the type of person that just casually looks into the word or we can be the kind of person that is really coming before the word of God and saying, God, I want to hear your message. You see, the issue, church, is that we've become comfortable just hearing the message or reading our daily scriptures without any application. And we have fallen into the category of being forgetful hearers. Forgetful hearers. We fall into that place because we become comfortable right where we are. And we become forgetful hearers of the word. That word forgetful, it means to not recall. In other words, when it's time for me to apply the scripture in a situation, I don't recall the scripture. I go with my feeling at the moment. When it comes time for me to deal with somebody, whether it's my husband, my wife, my children, my parents, my employers, my neighbors, whoever it is, somebody driving on the high, whoever it is, when it comes time to do that, are you recalling the word of God that tells you that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law? Are you remembering what the word of God says about being a certain way? Is that coming to your remembrance that I cannot continue to live like this? Or do you just go with what you feel? We become forgetful hearers. Instead of being those, look at what it continues on to say. Verse 25, it says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. See, there's the person who is going to hear and forget. That's for someone else. Someone else needs to hear what the Spirit is saying. Someone else needs to hear what God is saying. Someone else, no, 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 no. I need to hear what the Spirit is saying. I need to hear what God is saying. I have a responsibility to give an account to who? To the one who is sowing it into my life. Not the man, the Spirit of God that is sowing it into my life. The Spirit of God that is communicating into my life. It is my responsibility. And so I want to give you a couple of tools here that I think are going to be helpful for you to be a person who retains the Word. And the first thing is, say this with me, we must strive, we must strive. to retain, retain and pray over what we have learned. Turn back to the book of Hebrews. One book back. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. I want you to see what the writer says here. Hebrews in verse, chapter 2 verse 1. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. We must give more earnest heed. We must pay closer attention is what it really means there. We must pay better attention to what we are hearing, to the word of God that has been inspired. We must pay attention. We've got to pay attention. So my question is this. How is it that I can be a person who pays better attention? Well, I can tell you one way. For some people, this is going to work. Some of y'all need to get a notepad, and you need to sit down, and when you come into church, you need to come as a student of the Word of God, and you need to get, a, get some notes and write them down. For some people, this works. For others, it's not going to work. So I'm not going to say that every single person in the church is going to be that type of person, because some people can't. I was talking to Sister Mia. Sister Mia, she can take notes. I don't know how she takes notes with me preaching, but she does it. Glory to God. 
kind of tough because I speak fast. But you know what? You can write down little things that God speaks to your heart. More importantly, you want me to tell you what you should be writing? You should be writing down the scriptures that I'm going to. So that way you can do what? When you go home, you may have not been able to take notes during the time that you were sitting down in church. You could write down the scriptures, write down what is there. If you need a copy of the outline of the message, I will be more than happy to email that to you. All you have to do is ask me, email me, and I'll send it to you. It's not a big deal. So that way you can go ahead and you can be a person who is retaining and praying over the word. For other people, listen to me. For other folks, you just need to be a person who makes sure you get a good night's sleep the night before. Hello. I'm that kind of person. If I get a good night's sleep the night before and I'm sitting down listening to the preaching, you know what? I can tell you verbatim what the preacher said. That's just the way God has, God has equipped me. That's, that's me. That's who I am. That's how God has made me. But you know what? Not everybody's like that. But if you're that kind of person that you can't take notes, because for me, I'm going to tell you why I can't take notes. Because when I start taking notes, I lose the flow of what the preacher's saying. So that messes me up. And so those people that were saying that's right, that's how they feel. And that's good. Make sure you get a good night's sleep before you come to church. Hello, somebody. Don't be afraid to have a little piece of paper there. Write down the scriptures that I talked about because the only way you're going to be able to retain and pray over it is if you're taking it home. If you're going, See, because we're going through the word of God and we're reading our Bibles and stuff like that, but you know what? God is speaking to your heart through the preaching and through the teaching of the word, and so you need to make sure that you're doing what? That you're retaining this because what? If you are not retaining this word, what happens? You begin to drift away. This is what the text said, not what I said. And that word there is dealing with backsliding. And so what happens is when we don't give earnest heed to what God is speaking, you know what begins to happen? We begin to drift away. We begin to start slacking in our commitment. We begin to start slacking in our walk. We begin to start slacking in our devotion to God and seeking his face. We begin to start, and, and, and you know what happens? We'll pray tomorrow, then it becomes next week, then it becomes next month. Then, you know, before you know it, I'm waiting for the new year to start my new year's resolution. Oh, that's how it happens. Hello, somebody. Remember what the Bible says. The Bible says his mercies are new every day. Do you know what that means? Start fresh tomorrow. If you messed up today, start fresh tomorrow. You know what the beauty of it is? We're in church. We can all start fresh today. Amen? Amen. We can start fresh and say, you know what? This is how we got to walk this thing. So the first thing we got to do if we are going to be those who are attentive hearers is we have got to be those type of people that are doing what? We are retaining and we're praying over the word. The, the, the second thing I want you to repeat after me, say we must familiarize ourselves with the truths we have heard. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, please. First Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, when you got to say so. The word of the Lord says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach. It's, it's, it's amazing because the apostle Paul is simply repeating what he had already said, but it's all good. And that's the reason why we need that repetition in our lives so that we will we be able to continue to grow and familiarize ourselves with this message. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which you also receive. So I preach this. You receive this word, meaning that you believed it, right? And in which you stand. So hold on a second. They heard the word preached. Not only was it preached, they received the word that was preached. In other words, saying, I need that message. I need that truth. I need what it is that is being communicated. So I received that for myself. I don't, you know, bump my neighbor. You need that. No. 
I receive it from me. I'm not trying to pass it to you. Right? And in which you stand. So they didn't just receive it and hear it, but they're standing in it. In other words, they are remaining positioned in that word by which you also, by, by, by which also you are saved if you hold fast that which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. And so he's saying if you're not standing in it, if you're not holding fast to it, if, and, and that word holding fast, it means to detain. It's like holding someone and not letting them go. So if you are not detaining the word of God in your life, if you are not holding fast to the word of God in your life, if you're not holding fast to the preaching and the teaching, your believing is in vain. Your amen is in vain. Your that's truth is in vain if you are not standing fast in the truth of what God's word is being said, or what is being said through the word of God, or through the preaching of the word of God. He says it's in vain. So the first thing is, we must strive to retain it and pray over what we have learned. The second thing is, we must familiarize ourselves with the truths that we have heard. How do we familiarize ourselves? Well, you know what? When you leave here, I encourage you, get with your brothers, get with your sister, your husband, your wife, talk about what was preached. Don't criticize what was preached. Talk about what was preached. Because criticizing it is just going to hinder it. Don't go out of here and look, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound, you know, real religious to some people. But I want to encourage you. Don't go out of here, start talking about sports, start, start talking about the daily tasks, start talking about all of that stuff. Because you know what? A lot of times, we don't even realize it, but we start talking about all these other things. And you know what it does? It steals our focus from the word of God. And you know what the enemy does? The enemy uses that to get our minds sidetracked, church. So families... Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm not telling you don't talk about things that you like. What I'm saying is discuss the word of God. Become familiar with it. If you don't understand something, call the leaders. Call mature believers. Talk to them about the word of God. Sit down and discuss the word. The way you familiarize yourself with it, sit down in your prayer time. Go over the scriptures that were, that, that were mentioned in the message. Go over them and sit down and hear God's word. You know what? This is the beauty of it. You can go online. You don't ever have to miss a message in this church. You don't ever have to worry about anything. Anything like that because you know what you can go to the website and you can download the messages for free hello somebody you can download them for free and hear them over and over and over again so it don't matter how fast I speak you can hear it over and over and over again until you get what God is trying to speak through your bishop amen somebody and so it's important that we familiarize ourselves with the message that God is speaking to us, that we allow it to do what? To penetrate our heart, our soul, that we let it get down inside of us. And you know what? Anything that you didn't like, anything that you didn't, didn't really agree with, you know what you do? Don't talk about it. Pray about it. Hear me. Pray about it. Pray for me. Please pray for me, glory. Pray for me that God will continue to anoint my mouth, that God will continue to anoint my mind, illuminating my heart with the word of God. Continue. I mean, think about that for a moment. How much time do you spend praying for the bishop or whoever's going to preach? In your week, how much time do you do, do, you, do, do, you, do you do that? How much time do you really spend seeking God's face and praying for the teachers on Wednesday nights? How much time do you spend praying for the teachers who are going to teach your children? How much time do you spend asking God for them? You're responsible. Hello. It's our responsibility to be lifting up those things. So that way what? And here, here, here's the beauty of it. When you're really praying for the message and the messenger, you know what happens? You're ready to receive. 
You are ready to receive. And you know what happens? I can, listen, I, I, I can always tell whenever, not just here, anywhere. I can always tell when there's folks that are really ready to receive the word of God. Because, man, it is so easy to flow. It's, not, it, it's like cutting through butter after it's been sitting out all day. Hello, somebody. It just flows like that. But you know what? You can tell when people are not ready to receive their heart. It's not, it ain't got nothing to do with the singing. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Their heart is just not there. Because you know what? When you start preaching, it's like nails, church. It's like bricks up in the place, and you got a butter knife. But thank God for his anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Amen? <laughs> Familiarizing ourselves with the message. The third thing, repeat this after me. We must put the sermon or the Bible study or our scripture reading into action. Turn back to the book of James, please. James chapter 2 and verse 26. And you got to say so. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. What does faith have to do with the word? Well, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when you or I are sitting down and we are hearing the word, whether it is through the preaching, through the teaching, whether it is through the personal study time and meditation, when we are hearing the word of God, faith should be added to our lives. And if our faith is not being demonstrated, it is dead, church. If our faith is not showing forward, it is dead. And so we got to make sure that we do what? That we retain the message. Some of us need to get a notepad. Others of us, we need to do what? Get a good night's sleep. All of us should either be highlighting it or writing down the scriptures so we can go home through our week and we can meditate in prayer over these words. So we can meditate, God, how do I apply this in my life? How do I live this out? How do I do what your word is saying? Joseph Allen, he was an English Puritan nonconformist. You want to talk about holy? That's as holy as it gets right there. An English Puritan nonconformist pastor of the 1600s. And he said this. He said, one way to remember the sermon is to come from your knees to the sermon and from the sermon to your knees. One way to remember the sermon is to come from your knees. And he's not saying kneeling down. He's saying being bowed in your heart before God and prayer. Church, this is the reason why I ask everybody after we're done praying not to talk, but to continue to prepare your heart. Not to get your mind sidetracked on other stuff and other conversations after we have prayer. It's not because I want to be religious. It's because I understand that if a heart is not right, if a mind is not right, you are not going to be able to receive from God because your spirit is not in the right place. It is up to us to do what? To make sure that we are coming to God, saying, God, I am hungry and I am empty of everything else that will hinder your word in my life. And I am ready to receive from you the implanted word that is able to save my soul because I want deliverance in my life. I want my life to not just reflect you, but to radiate you. I want my life to overflow with who you are. But if the word is not being implanted and I'm not receiving it I will never be able to bear the fruit that is worthy of your name so my question is 
Where do you come from in your spirit before you hear the word? Not worship and praise. No. Because we can try to depend on the music to take us somewhere that we should have been all week. And then because you're waiting for us to take you somewhere, you never get there and you wonder what's wrong. It ain't us. I'm going to tell you something. The glory of God should have overflown in this place Sunday. You want to know why? Because Thursday night rehearsal, when it was just us, the glory of God was up in here. So what's that tell me? Something's missing. Something is missing, church. I'm talking about the tangible presence because you know what? I felt God, I'm, I'm satisfied. I gave God all my worship. But you know what? I'm not satisfied because I didn't see his glory on your life. I'm not satisfied because I didn't see his power on your life. And I'm just keeping it as real as I can, church, because I'm not going to get up here and act like everything is just great because you know what? God wants to do more. But the question is, where are we all week? Are we living this word? Are we living in intimacy with him? In closing, the issue is this. There are too many Christians who mark their Bibles, but their Bibles never mark them. So is God highlighting you, church? Is he causing your life to shine gloriously for him? Are you being a hearer of the word of God and not a doer? Or are you being a doer, a person who is devoted to hearing what God has to say and living what he has to say? James said, he who continues in the perfect law of liberty. As you continue in this word, you begin to experience freedom. You begin to experience Christ. You begin to experience his fullness. If you're not continuing in this, listen, you're not going to experience his fullness. Everybody stand up, please, and bow your heads.